Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Spread, where we dive into the creative side of sports. I'm really excited to be joined by not one, but two marketing leaders at the beloved sports nutrition brand, Honey Stinger. Wendy Mayo, VP of Marketing, and Luke Cherry, Senior Director of Sports Marketing and Team Sales. Wendy and Luke, welcome to the show. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks for having us, Carrie. So I'd love to start with an overview of Honey Stinger. Luke, can you give us an overview of the company and what makes it special in your eyes? I'll start with what makes it special. It's based in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, which is an amazing place to visit, especially for a remote worker like myself. As far as an overview of the company, we're a sport nutrition company, and we've got a new tagline that I can't take credit for that is sports nutrition for every ambition. And I think that really captures the essence of the company. I'm intimately involved in a program that works with team sports, and we've grown to work with over a thousand college and pro teams. And I think it really speaks to our products being trusted by athletes across the board. And as you may know, we're very much rooted in the endurance and outdoor realm. And that very much speaks to the heritage of the company and the hard work that folks have put in for 20 plus years. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons I was excited to speak with you both is when I think of Honey Stinger, I really think of a brand that is so deeply rooted in the athletics world and so highly regarded by athletes from endurance to team sports. And I think it's really this heritage that you mentioned and the trust that consumers have in the brand. So on that note, Wendy, I'd love to hear if you could share with us the journey and inspiration behind the founding of Honey Stinger and its mission within sports nutrition. I know you're not the founder, but if you could kind of share the founding story, we'd love to hear it. Sure. It's a great story. And the company was founded by a man named Bill Gamber, who actually came from a honey producing family. His family actually introduced the original honey bear that you find honey in within the stores. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So a long heritage in producing honey in the U.S., And he was a competitive athlete himself in both running and cycling. He was an Ironman athlete as well. And he just really felt that honey's natural properties made it a great energy product to use for sport. And so the first product that we actually ever made was a gel that was primarily honey-based. And he and his small team really carved out a niche within that endurance sport world and built the foundation for the amazing brand that it is today. So lots of loyal followers, lots of people who've been with the brand, as Luke mentioned at the beginning, brand's been around for 20 plus years. So, and still have a lot of those people with us today, continuing to use the products and new developments that we put out into the world. So that's the founding part of the story. And then as the brand has continued to grow, that vision just expands beyond running and cycling to encompass a wide variety of sports that make sense to use our products. So whether you're a swimmer or a football player or, you know, a lacrosse athlete, you know, these products work for you as well as they did for runners and cyclists. So we often say here, we are building a big tent and all are welcome, regardless of the sport that you choose and how able you are within that sport, whether you're just getting started or whether you've been an elite professional for many years. 
That is so cool. I didn't know that anecdote about the original family behind the honey bear, the most beloved honey bear that we all know. It's not surprising to me though, because I think oftentimes the strongest brands with the most loyal followings that are so well regarded often have this deep heritage and that makes a lot of sense. So that's really cool to learn. How did you get to Honey Stinger? What's your background and what drew you to land where you are now at Honey Stinger? I would say to build on what you just said a little bit, that storied history and you know where a brand comes from. I consider myself at my core a brand builder. I love brands with a good story and I love them even more when they have a good sport overlay because of my own personal interest in athletics and sports. But you know that brand building side is about really loving to get at the heart of what a brand really is, what its essence is, why it exists in the world other than just another product on the shelf, and then taking whatever that key element is and then creating a massive love for it and loyalty for it. I've been in food a while, but this all really came together for me when I was lucky enough to land a role at Cliff Bar. Again, a story brand with a rich history in developing great food products, but so much more than that, you know, with its desire to promote organics and, you know, sustainability. And, you know, so I love brands that have a deep, rich history to them. And Honey Stinger is certainly that has many similarities to Cliff Bar in its early years. Yeah, absolutely. And Luke, what about you? How did you end up at Honey Stinger? I too spent a good amount of time in the CPG industry. I started out with a couple beverage companies, Sobe and Fuse, and that led to a role with a food broker. And ultimately, I ended up spending 10 years at Cytosport, the makers of Muscle Milk, where I was mentored in sports marketing and had the luxury of spending some time on kind of the other side of the business with Cal Athletics and got a unique perspective in being around athletes frequently. I think I got very lucky because I was hired during COVID. I was working for a startup in the protein industry and a recruiter found me and I got connected to Wendy and have been here just about three years. Great. It's really cool to hear about how you both landed at Honey Stinger and how you've been talking about how special the brand is with its heritage and Wendy, what you were saying about building, recognizing the essence of a brand and basically communicating it to the world through marketing. And so, Wendy, can you tell us a bit about how you do that? What is your approach to incorporating creativity in marketing for Honey Stinger? And how do you basically creatively express the essence of the brand? I think for me, and might sound trite because I feel like a lot of brands talk about putting the consumer first, but with our brands, it's really about what our products can do for you and how you are you know, setting your own goals and what you're trying to achieve and go for. And I feel like that individuality really creates a rich environment for storytelling because it's very personal. Each person's pursuit of their own athletic goals is unique to them. That creates a whole spectrum of storytelling opportunities. But at the end of the day, it also speaks to an underlying truth that exists for all athletes. So we all have days where it's really hard and we set out to do something with great intention and for a myriad of reasons, whether it's injury, whether it's weather, whether it's not fueling properly, 
all of those things can easily fall apart. And there's a connection, whether again, you're a swimmer or a lacrosse player or, you know, running an ultra marathon, that same emotion and feeling has happened to you, regardless of where you are in the athlete spectrum. I would also say that the authenticity, and we've been talking a lot about that kind of already, it's so at the heart of everything that we do. We've been talking about the level of trust that our brand is lucky to have, but it has also worked really hard to have and that we continue to earn that trust every day through the choices we make. So whether that's an ingredient choice on a product or whether that's an athlete that we elect to work with and tell their story on a bigger level, it's really important to maintain that for us, which can be hard to do when a lot of other brands are following trends, particularly in social and, you know, or funny, silly stunts that people do like that just never really fits for our brand. Like we're never going to be that sort of like meteoric flash in the pan because of that authenticity that drives everything we do. But ultimately that keeps us honest and keeps us where we really need to be anyway. So. Yeah. And on that note, can you give us an example or two of some of your favorite stories that you've told through the marketing of the brand, whether it's working with an athlete ambassador or a campaign that you've done, maybe it's targeted specifically towards health conscious consumers would love to hear some specific examples of the creative approach to storytelling and, and what those stories were. I'll jump in here. I think one recently that was a lot of fun where we merged a sport event property and one of our athletes was activating a runner named Neely Gracie and she competed in Run Disney's half marathon. And we told her story throughout her process of training and going to the event and she ended up winning the event, beating even the males. And wow. she's a mother of two who in her past has competed in the Olympic trials. And she's on that comeback trail after having two children. So I just really love the angle of a really serious competitive athlete that is also a real human person that has a family and is a loving mother and uses Honey Stinger to fuel her ambitions. Yeah, definitely. And it makes sense with how you said earlier in our conversation that Honey Stinger is really, I mean, the tagline that it's for every athlete, regardless of ambition. And so from the pros or to people just starting out across all ages, genders, races, sexuality, all of that, that's a great example of someone who spans a lot of different demographics. So as we were talking about earlier, I love that honey is so deeply rooted in the brand. And can you give us an example of how you use honey as an ingredient or as part of the brand's history in the marketing? How do you approach talking about that? Sure. Well, it's in the name to start. Um, <laughs> that's an important part. And again, it's, we keep kind of going back to the authenticity theme, but it's where it started. And it's a point of difference for us. We do believe the natural properties of honey are central to what make our products so effective. They also make them taste really great, but it's the efficacy that, you know, is also super important. So is in absolutely everything that we make. And then as far as kind of how that expresses itself creatively, one of the biggest decisions we made when we rebranded in 2019 
was to put a massive emphasis on the color of golden yellow. So not that a brand can own a color, but boy, do we try. (laughs) That is a very representative element of not only does it help us stand out on shelf because it's a bright, rich golden yellow, but it really does cue the importance that we place on that ingredient and is meant to halo back to how important honey is in everything that we make. Mm -hmm. I love that. My sister has done beekeeping for years, so she'll be excited to listen to this episode. We actually have our own hives here in Sweden. Do you? We do. Yeah. And we have a team here who has gone through coursework at our local college to understand how to become beekeepers and become better beekeepers. And so it's a volunteer effort from, I think there are about five or six active folks and then who are really managing and keeping up with the hives, as well as the rest of the team usually goes out and checks on them and make sure they're wrapped up tightly and comfortably for the winters of Steamboat, which can be a little harsh on a bee environment. But last year, we were actually able to have our bees produce enough honey that we were able to share it out for all employees internally, which was really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So you're producing all of the honey for all of your products. No, no, definitely. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. We sell millions of products every year. That would be difficult for us. It was for our own internal staff to use. Everybody got their own little jar of honey internally. Got it. Got it. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. That would be cool. We have a lot of beekeeping skills to get better at. (laughs) I was very impressed. I still am though. (laughs) A bit more generally, Wendy, what do you think has been, let's just pick one, the most successful innovative marketing campaign for Honey Stinger and what made it stand out? Hmm, I think for me, probably not only the most successful, but the biggest campaign that the brand has done to date would be our You Don't Have to Be a Pro campaign from 2022. And again, I think it's honing in on that message to say we do really put the consumer at the heart of the brand and making it about you. Through all of the talking that we do to our members of the Hive and just athletes in general, many people, some of which are like super accomplished and talented, struggle with defining themselves as an athlete. That feels like a big weighty word that they don't necessarily, oh, I'm not a pro or, you know, I don't work hard enough or I haven't accomplished enough goals to be considered an athlete. This campaign was really focused on the message that you don't have to be a pro to reap the benefits of great nutrition in pursuit of your goals. If you're an active person and you're fueling yourself in the right way, or even just considering fueling at all, will make chasing your goals more enjoyable and likely more achievable. You know, we get a lot of feedback through our consumer service lines and just in talking to people at events and whatnot that the subject of how to fuel yourselves for even just regular everyday workouts, let alone an important race that you've been working towards, or, you know, an important meet or game. There's a lot of lack of knowledge there. So, you know, trying to break down the barriers of you don't have to be a pro to need to do this, but also how do we provide education? So it's a little simpler for you to understand. You probably should have something before you head out. If you're going for a long distance, you probably need something with you. 
And if you're after you finish, you probably should have something to recover with. So Luke touched on this in the beginning, but you know, that prepare, perform, recover system helps translate that hopefully in a fairly straightforward way. You know, every individual is unique as far as the amount they need, but just breaking down that, you know, you actually need something before, during, and after is a really important concept that was part of that campaign as well. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because just anecdotally, I'm thinking about how athleisure has become so popular in fashion and lifestyle, but just anecdotally from my experience in the industry and my own personal life, I haven't really seen it as much with nutrition. People don't necessarily know how to eat in the most effective way possible for their general athletic lifestyle. If they're doing, you know, workout classes four days a week or whatever it may be. So that campaign sounds very relevant, especially with how athleisure has become a lifestyle that a lot of people are embodying. Yeah. We've found that a lot of people know to bring water and that's mm-hmm. about it. So, yes. Yes. You know. We'd like them to maybe think about some electrolytes in that water to help them go a little further, maybe a little bar or a waffle in their pocket as well, and as well alongside that water bottle to help keep them going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Luke, so Honey Stinger has a foundation within endurance sports and... I know they've been kind of your foundational audience and you've expanded, but can you tell us about how you sort of tailor marketing strategies specifically for that demographic, that audience group? Our company did a fantastic job prior to me joining of activating over 300 plus events. So they really built a groundswell amongst this community. And I think adapting our messages to that audience requires us to continue align with experts that add value for that type of athlete, whether it's Wendy was just hitting on fueling and the timing of that, or the just information training tips, tricks that come from a pro that we're able to leverage and try to attract more of these athletes into our community that we call the hive. And then trying to create common denominators so these folks can relate to one another, support one another, inspire one another. I think that's been successful thus far. And what tools are you using to do that? Is it, or what media outlets really have you found work are the most successful? Is it social media? Is it other out of home media placements? Is it TV? I think we do a really nice job of connecting our social media to drive traffic to our blog pages or landing pages, if you will, for this information. And then a way for us to keep our community connected has been leveraging Facebook or a private Facebook group for the Hive, and then using software called BrandChamp that allows us to manage nearly 5,000 ambassadors in the Hive and try and put them to work for the brand to try and kind of spread the love and create that stoke for Honey Stinger, and we're able to message them simple activities, if you will, to go out and hype up Honey Stinger, or try and connect those athletes to events that many of them might be attending. Yeah, it's interesting to learn about how you're doing that. 
I don't know if grassroots is the right word, but this very human level ambassador work and then also these larger campaigns. And so I'm curious to hear about on the campaign side, Wendy, any sort of behind the scenes story of how a creative marketing idea came to life and turned into a successful campaign for the brand? Sure. I think we've touched on the fact that Luke and team and folks before him even really started selling in to pro and collegiate teams and with great response. So we talked about having more than a thousand pro and teams that buy our products because they love them versus the many options that they have for free that come in from other bigger brands than us. So we've always kind of batted around how do we tell that story? Because that also speaks to the authenticity and the trust and the fact that it works, that you know these professional and high-level elite athletes are asking their trainers and dietitians to bring in Honey Stinger products because they know Honey Stinger works from them. How do we tell that story as a smallish brand that doesn't have the ability to talk about the professional leagues, that doesn't have you know the ability to use the collegiate marks or even any of, in many cases, some of the top athletes that they have in the programs? So how do we pull all of that together in a way that shows how broadly we're loved by all of these elite professionals? And the team came up with this locker room concept that basically is saying that, you know, a locker room is a touchstone across multiple sports. That's a point of commonality. So how do we take that locker room and dress it up differently depending on whether it's a gym locker room or a swim locker room or a high-end hockey team locker room? How do we have all of that in the background to show that breadth, but yet still show that Honey Stinger is at the core for all of these different types of sports and then land on a trusted by more than a thousand pro college teams as the message. And that's where we landed. So that campaign just launched last week and we're really proud of it because it does sort of show, hopefully, that the breadth of everything that we touch and again, the authenticity that that brings. I love that example because I think creative results are the results of a creative project can often be better when there are constraints, even though they might seem like obstacles that are difficult to work around. But having those constraints of not being able to talk about the leagues or the specific athletes or all of these things ended up helping you get to this really creative approach of this locker locker room concept, which everyone can relate to. Everyone who's ever played a sport where they've used a locker room. And that goes back to your intention of showing up for all athletes at every level. And because when we were talking about this, I was thinking, and this is a question for you and maybe Luke, you can speak to this. When you are utilizing your ambassadors or top tier athletes, how does the everyday the everyday, let's say, workout enthusiast or amateur athlete, fitness enthusiast, how do they relate to those ambassadors? Do they see themselves in them? Are they inspired by them? Have you had any sort of challenges where people are 
maybe thinking it's not for them because they don't do ultra marathons or things like this? I think that our ambassador community is primarily made up of that everyday athlete. So I think it's very natural for us when it shines through on social media from their voice. But I think from a messaging standpoint, from us to them, the performance experts that we're teamed up with do a really nice job of simplifying sports nutrition. And I know Wendy has really bought into that and it shines through on our packaging, but we're not a very sciencey company and we make safe, efficacious products for these athletes that makes it very easy to connect with that everyday athlete and then now hopefully parents and youth athletes. And I would build on that by saying, again, it's kind of coming back to the commonality of an athlete. You know, I mean, we may work with a high level NFL athlete that has tons of awareness and recognition, but we're talking to him and using him to tell his stories about what he eats before a game. You know, that commonality of needing nutrition and good hydration again, works across regardless, you know, he's in the mix because he's very recognizable, but he also comes from a place of talking about the nutrition, which is very universal. Mm -hmm. I think this is a good segue into my next question, which is how does Honey Stinger stay authentic to its core values? And, you know, the market is continually evolving. And I think speaking about how the brand is really for everyone is part of your core value. And I think that I'm curious how you've seen this continuation of a commitment to the core values of the company over the 20 years of the company's history and as the market has changed. Yeah, I think that's sometimes it feels a little bit like split personality marketing (laughs) where we're trying to keep that core consumer. Because to me, that's where the authenticity comes from is the people Mm -hmm. who built this brand Mm -hmm. and what it did for them. So while we're trying to expand that to, you know, as you've described more of the fitness enthusiast or amateur athlete, if you will, we really do have specific products, programs, and tactics towards both of them. They're all athletes, but they are a little bit different in the way that we talk to them. And we want to make sure, and part of the reason we do that is because we always want to make sure that we're bringing them along as the brand does grow and evolve into housing itself under a bigger tent. So an example of that is probably in the product realm of things. So in thinking about product development, this year we launched a product called the Oat and Honey Bar. It was a very tasty, very approachable product that you eat before a workout. It, of course, still works for an endurance athlete. You know, the formulations are all still there for them, too. But it was really designed to have much broader appeal. And so from a product development standpoint, you know, we need products like that, that work for both, but are really sort of intended to bring that broader target in. On the flip side of that, We brought back the caffeinated cherry cola chews this year based on an overwhelming response from our core consumers about how much they missed them. They Mm. loved those chews and we went back under the hood and made them even better than before, but they'd been discontinued for probably four or five years. And we had such a response to it. We brought them back. So I think, again, showing that we're listening and responding 
and creating products that consumers really want. I think that again speaks to that authenticity. Like we understand that you love these and we'll bring them back for you. Mm -hmm. And I think this conversation is really interesting from the lens of thinking about creativity in sports because creativity can mean so many different things. My field is obviously branding and design, but it also comes through product innovation. It also comes through how do we communicate to all these different audience groups and how do we communicate now versus 20 years ago when we started. And I think everything that you've mentioned is really relevant on the topic of, you know, how does creativity come about in what you're doing as marketers for Honey Stinger? So I'm curious on that note, if there's aspiring marketers in the audience listening, what advice would you give them if they're trying to be creative and combine outside of the box thinking and sports nutrition to market effectively? I can hop in on that. I think I would find a brand that you love and see if there's field marketing opportunities available and go out and speak to the consumer, speak to the athletes, get very practiced in talking about the product. And to your point, Carrie, you're now listening to that consumer and you're starting to learn more about the industry. And I think that sparks creativity. Absolutely. I think that's the very first part of the creative process is the research process. I think that applies to any sort of creative work, whether it's marketing campaign or a branding project or a video project. And it's really learning about who it is that you're speaking to and what their needs and wants and ambitions are. And a lot of interesting ideas come naturally from the information that's gathered from those conversations. Well said. So what do you think is the most creative thing happening in sports nutrition today? Let's say outside of Honey Stinger. There's a blurry line in sports nutrition, I think, when it comes to real food products and supplements. Mm -hmm. And I think you're finding in the supplement world, it's really easy to start. You can venture um, pretty far into that creative space when it comes to product innovation. We're seeing a lot of new innovation from CBD companies and nootropics. Mm -hmm. And those are some areas that I like to follow. But I think as a real food product company like us, that delivers you know, high quality macronutrients that have performance benefits. I think the most underrated attribute is creating a product that tastes great. And I think that requires a lot of creativity. And Wendy has a lot more expertise in this area and can speak to it, but it's not easy to make a healthy product that tastes amazing. There's a lot of hard work behind the scenes and I'll kind of kick it over to Wendy if she wants to build on that. Yeah, I think... I've just been in this world long enough to believe you don't have to suffer through bad taste mm -hmm. and sugar alcohols and chalky protein bars mm -hmm. and all of the sort of, well, but it's good for you, but you have to choke it down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think you have to make that kind of trade off. And I think brands like Honey Stinger have been able to figure that out, you know, that you can have a functional portable food that works for you, but it's still something that you want to eat and you enjoy it. And I think that's a lot of where that loyalty goodness lies because mm -hmm. they do see after they consume a Honey Stinger product that it works. 
and it was an enjoyable experience along the way. Like that's our sweet spot. That's from a product development standpoint where we're always trying to be. And Luke's right. You can load products down with lots of supplements and trend ingredients and adaptogens. And like, I mean, the list goes on Mm -hmm. and on and on. But again, I think if we're talking again about constraints, like if we're really trying to stay in a clean ingredient list with, you know, products that are really effective and the right macronutrients that you need for the occasion that we're developing for, that's super important and harder, but more worthwhile when you land on something really good. Mm -hmm. And do you think that your core consumer can tell that if a product is loaded with extra supplements or additives or sugar alcohols or whatever it might be? Or is it just that I'm curious what what they're loving about Honey Stinger. Is it really that it just tastes good and they're like, oh, it's also providing this great nutrition? Or like, what do you think the consumer knows about all of these details about the products that are out there? I think it depends on the tier of athlete. I think as you look towards a more elite athlete, they're very in tune with what's safe. There's a lot of certifications that go in into being able to market a quote-unquote safe product that doesn't contain banned substances. And Honey Stinger is trusted because of that simple ingredient profile. It's relatively low in sugar, and it provides the right type of macronutrients, both slow and fast burning carbohydrates with the honey. It is something that is very underrated, in my opinion. And those that are competing at a high level know that it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And I would just add to, you know, one of the things that attracted me to this company that was a question from earlier is I grew up an athlete myself and I was very much around steroids. And mm-hmm. so I do have a passion for working for a safe alternative and Honey Stinger offers that. Mm-hmm. I would say on the flip side of that, though, people who are new to the brand like it because it tastes good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they figure out, oh, it actually works for me too. So I think they start from the opposite end and go, mm-hmm. wow, this is, tastes great. And then use it before a workout and go, oh, I felt so much better this time. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't run out of gas midway through, or I felt more prepared for my workout the next day because I had a recover product at the end of what I did the day before. So I would love to hear what's coming up for Honey Stinger. So can you tell us about any exciting initiatives that you're working on that our listeners might be excited about? Well, I think we're anxious to dive into AI. We're not ready to share a whole lot, but content for a lot of companies is a hot topic and as is AI. And I think blending the two could prove beneficial for us in the future and arm our ambassadors with some really cool tools. So we're exploring some nice options. I'd build on that too to say it's just AI is helping to level the playing field so much in so many ways. And I think that's at least on my side of things, access to research and data that we just can't do quickly on our own Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. can't pay the big dollars for that have been charged in the recent past. Those things are now possible for us. And that just makes our decisions even more effective and efficient on how we take the audience that we know is our core consumer and look at it in a bigger lens. We've spent a lot of time talking about the people and the heart of our brand being those people. So it sounds a little funny to hear us say AI is the future. (laughs) 
So I do want to say that we do believe in the art and the science of marketing. The art is really where I think we love to live, but AI is making the science part so much easier and quicker for us that we're able to spend more time on the art side. Mm -hmm. That is not what I was expecting to hear. So very interesting. And I'm curious to see how it plays out in the next year or so. So I'll be watching. What advice would you have for listeners who are interested in pushing the needle in sports marketing? You know, really with utilizing creativity to make a statement that resonates with people, which is really what marketing does. That's a really tough question. And I don't think I have great advice, but I am a big believer in working on multiple sides of the industry, both the brand side and kind of the sport property or athlete representation side to learn as much as you can. I think if I were to give anyone advice straight out of college, we've got a member of our team that spent time in minor league baseball. And I back to this constraint theme, it's really hard to attract fans in minor league baseball. So you got to do some funny stuff to create excitement around the game. And I would say he's one of our most creative sports marketers that's part of the department. I love that. And that's so true. I'm a big Brooklyn Cyclones fan and absolutely love all of the kitschy things that they do at the games. So I can totally see how a lot of creativity would come from someone coming from minor league baseball. So this has been wonderful. I've learned so much. Thank you both for being here and sharing your wisdom. I always like to end with a last question. That is, what are three of your other favorite organizations that span the world of sports and creativity? Well, I grew up in the 80s, so I'm a big WWE, WWF fan. And I feel like that whole industry of marketing a sport that is fake is pretty mm -hmm. remarkable. And a, a shameless plug that Vince McMahon went to East Carolina, which is my alma mater. So I'm going to hype that up. <laughs> and then <laughs> two others for me that I really envy. This Manolo teaches golf on Instagram is a favorite of mine. He's an influencer. And I think he does a really nice job of mixing humor with great tips and brand integrations. And then back to the minor league baseball conversation, the Savannah Bananas are incredible. And I think they've really changed the game in terms of how sport can have a fun, creative family atmosphere spin to it. Mm -hmm. I love that you picked all these because our conversation has really focused on more serious athletics, amateur as well. But these three that you picked are really fun and I can see how they could be inspiring, even if you're marketing to endurance athletes or team sports. But if you're taking cues or, or at least seeing what's going on in the more playful side of sports, I see how that could be inspiring. Wendy, how about you? I'm going to use a very timely example right now because I'm personally loving what the U.S. women's national team is doing right now for the World Cup, particularly mm -hmm. in social. They are just doing a great job with their content of helping you connect to the players. They have this coloring activity. They're asking them questions as they're sort of coloring a, a name placard. And I just love it. I'm a huge women's soccer fan. So I just think they've really done a good job humanizing and making all the players really personal and getting to know them, which I think is super smart. 
on a very big level, I love the trend of what the streaming documentary series is, mm. are doing for sports right now. I think they've done so much to bring new fans into the sport. So examples like Drive to Survive for Formula One. Never watched a Formula One race in my life. Never really cared. Watched mm-hmm. that first season of the series and was hooked. Welcome to Wrexham stuff that Ryan Reynolds and team were doing, as well as Angel City. I think what both of those are doing for bringing new fans into soccer is really smart. And then an old school classic, the Hard Knock series for the NFL. I think, again, it's around the humanness. I think you're probably seeing what attracts me (laughs) to anything I do is the human side of storytelling and to be able to put that into, you know, a documentary series that people want to watch just because of the storytelling and then they think about the sport is really smart. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I love the gist newsletter, sports reporting from an all-female perspective. How awesome is that? <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's a must read every time it's in my inbox. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of these as well. One of my favorite statistics is that 90% of decisions are based on emotion. And Mm -hmm. you can give someone a statistic about whatever, this is good for you because of X. But they're going to remember the story of that has a human emotive, you know, feeling behind it. And that's what attracts me to branding and marketing too, is being able to tell these stories and create things that get people excited and makes them feel connected to a company or an initiative. So I think all the examples that you did from the U.S. Women's National Team, I would also say I love the fashion to the sports documentaries. Yeah, those suits were amazing. And I'm a huge Breakpoint fan. And now people think I know a ton about tennis, which I don't, but I watch the show. (laughs) They're like, oh, I didn't know you followed tennis. I'm like, I don't really, but I love the stories and also love the gist. So thank you both so much for your time and wisdom. And it's been such a great chat. Thank you for joining the spread. Thanks, Carrie. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you.